another episode of That Vacation Company. Uh, I'm Caleb, joined alongside by my wife Chanel, and today we're talking about our most recent trip uh, to Louisiana and Texas as part of our uh, special episode on holiday travel with the family at a very particular time of the year. Uh, It is actually Christmas Eve as we're recording this. So this will air after Christmas, but only by a couple days. And it's always pertinent because there's more holidays around the corner and travel around the holidays is always an important topic if you have a family or if you are just traveling to go see family. This is a topic that can be uh, helpful, we think, for for making those plans and, and those kind of trips as they're often a little bit stressful and a little bit complicated, and it, it it's never easy to make those trips. So, Chanel, uh, as we begin, is there anything you wanted to mention? Yeah, um, I guess the first thing that we'll say, well, what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to talk, like Caleb already mentioned, we're going to be talking about our most recent trip that we took at the beginning of November, just last month, to go visit family in uh, South Louisiana and East Texas. Um But I would have to say before we jump into that, just a holiday travel tip. Uh, We've probably mentioned this before in previous episodes, but um, one thing that we would say is when we're talking to somebody about holiday travel is, are your dates flexible? Um, That means, do you absolutely have to be at your destination on the particular holiday you're traveling around? Uh, Or if so, can you get there much earlier or leave much later than the holiday date. If you're trying to travel the week of Christmas or the week of Thanksgiving, um, you can rest assured that those are going to be the most expensive times for plane travel, um, specifically, you know, flights. Um, So that's something that we always say, do you have to celebrate that holiday on the holiday? For us, uh, it was a big money-saving factor to go for the first two weeks of November instead of being there during Thanksgiving. Um, We were able to still celebrate with our families and have big meals and and a great time, um, even though we weren't there on the specific holidays. So that's a money-saving tip that we have. Nothing uh, new or earth-shattering or mind-blowing, but just something to think about. Or if you need to be on the day, if that's more of a priority than the money, then that's okay. Just be willing to know that it's going to probably cost you more. So that's our holiday uh, travel tip. All right. Excellent tips. Um, yeah, let's, so let's kick it right off. So recently, at the beginning of November, uh, we made a trip down to Louisiana and Texas, as we've said. Uh, this was a trip that was long overdue, as most of you, if not all of you are aware, travel during 2020 has been uh, a bit of a challenge. I don't know if any of you have traveled or tried to travel. Maybe that's the more appropriate way to say it, but Travel has been difficult. Uh, we live in the state of New York, uh, which has, has been very difficult to travel to during all of the COVID situation. Um, we, for a long time, uh, a lot of, you know, even our area, as remote as it is, was shut down, uh, down to, you know, not lockdown stage, but, you know, basically hotels and things like that were not open. So if you were trying to get here, it was pretty much uh, impossible. So as time went on and things have opened up, 
Um, the biggest difficulty has been that there's a two-week quarantine uh, required if you travel from a state that was on the list of uh, kind of a, a no-travel zone. And so we've been trying to plan a trip to go visit as nobody could visit us. We've been trying to plan a trip to visit, and we just figured November would be a great time. It's close enough to Thanksgiving, kind of along with Chanel's holiday travel trip tip, trip tips. Um, we decided we don't want to necessarily be down there on Thanksgiving Day because that can be very costly for travel. We were pricing it out. Um, but the next best thing is to be there right before Thanksgiving. So that's what we did. And so we we love uh, visiting family. You know, that's always, always a joy, especially with little ones now in the family. Olive has four wonderful cousins from my sister and brother-in-law and a cousin as well that she visited in Texas on Chanel's side of the family. And then some more distant cousins as well. Um, the children of my cousins. So lots of family for her to play with, lots of family to visit. And that was kind of the point of this trip. Now, uh, we started off the trip. It was, let's just say it it was a whirlwind trip. There was no rest had on this vacation. Uh, But we went to Baton Rouge. That's where Chanel is from. That's where I lived for 15 years or so. And so that is even where Olive was born. So that's where we went. Um, Baton Rouge is a fun city. It's the capital city of Louisiana. It's a beautiful, unique, historic city. And uh, in our show notes here, uh, Chanel, in preparation for this put, it's like a mellow, more chill vibe than New Orleans. So uh, Baton Rouge is the more sophisticated small-town cousin to New Orleans. Uh, Anything you want to add to that? As uh, We probably just offended all of New Orleans. <laughs> right. Um I was just trying to think of some descriptives for Baton Rouge. That's my take on it. Uh New Orleans is a wonderful city. Uh it has a wonderful flavor to it. It's definitely uh should be at the top, you know, toward the top of everybody's must-see list in the country because it's such a unique city. But Baton Rouge, like I said, is sort of like the um Smaller, I think sometimes more sophisticated cousin, maybe not always more sophisticated, more sophisticated in the way that, uh, you know, New Orleans is known for a party city by at least by most outsiders. They they think of Mardi Gras. They think of, you know, just reveling in the streets and having a wild time. Baton Rouge is a little bit more low key, a little bit more family friendly. Um Great city, lots of things to talk about. We'll have to do a future episode, like more specifically on Baton Rouge. We're going to hit some highlights that we did from our trip. Um, But I love highlighting Baton Rouge. It's the capital city of Louisiana, and there's so much history and flavor there, um, both in food and culture, etc. And then we definitely need to do an episode or two down the road on New Orleans because there's just so much to talk about there. So we won't talk about New Orleans today. We didn't even visit New Orleans when we were there. We just didn't have time. Um, But we did spend some time in the capital city in Baton Rouge where the majority of our family is located. My parents, Caleb's parents, are all located in and around Baton Rouge. And so flying in, it's got a great small local airport, um, very small airport, but really great and convenient in regards to um, if you're going to be visiting and staying in Baton Rouge, it's very con- more convenient than flying into New Orleans. Um, so um, 
Baton Rouge is sort of a sprawling kind of a city with different unique little pockets, I describe it as, uh, little just unique pockets and neighborhoods. Um, so it's it's got a downtown location. It, so it's got sort of a downtown central area. But it, the city definitely sprawls, and there are interesting areas just sort of here, there, and everywhere. Um, some of the neighborhoods I like to visit are um, – I love to visit the Garden District. I love to go for a walk or a run around the LSU lakes when I'm in town. The LSU campus is um, a really beautiful area to see. Um, lots of his- history, great architecture, beautiful old trees. Um, if you're a college sports fan at all, whether you're, um, you know, whether you're into LSU or not, it's still a great place to see for any uh, uh, college football fan. It's just, I guess it's just a cool place. I'm not into college sports at all. So it, that's not a big draw for me, but for a lot of people it is. That's not true. You you enjoyed the times we went and watched uh, the gymnastics team. Well, okay. All right. So maybe you're more off the beaten path uh, college sports. I don't mind. I like going to see, when we lived in Baton Rouge, we would go see a women's soccer game. I enjoyed that. I loved the women's gymnastics team. They were fabulous. So, okay, I enjoy some college sports, um, just maybe not the typical ones that you think of. Um, So LSU campus is a beautiful place. That's not even on my show notes. I just threw that in. Um, So lots of great things. When you talk about Baton Rouge or New Orleans, when you talk about Louisiana, it is a food destination you are going there to eat. That's one of the main things that we do <laughs> is we eat down there. Um, so we did lots of great eating. Um, I'll talk about some of those places in a minute. Caleb, do you want to add anything about Baton Rouge? Yeah, so uh, it's it's from an outsider's perspective because though I lived there for 15 years, I was born and raised in Minnesota. I was Minnesota. a transplant. And... Uh, you know, the time that I spent in Louisiana, I'm very fond of that time. Uh, it's a great place. Uh, Baton Rouge is, um, if you're a history fan, it's it's one of those cities where there's just history all around, and, and you know, you can check that out. Uh, two Capitol buildings, um, the, the new state capitol, which is just relatively new. It's not like it was built last year or anything. 1930s. And then it was built in the 30s, uh, Huey P. Long. Um, you know, famous governor of Louisiana. Um, like all these things that uh, really make up the history of Louisiana. I, I would encourage you, if you want to spend some time learning about the South and learning about uh, Louisiana and its rich culture and history, you know, Cajun history, Creole history, um, you know, definitely dig into that. And I know that there's lots of vacation options that actually take tours of those kind of things and, and the, that kind of stuff around uh, the state, and uh, definitely want to check some of that out if you're planning on visiting. There's so many fun things to do, and Chanel's right. Eating is definitely one of them. With such a rich cultural heritage with the, the Cajun culture and, and Creole and the, the Spanish and French influence, um, it's hard to miss a good meal. I mean, it's, it's I would say, uh, unless you're going to a, bo- uh, you know, a big chain restaurant, you're, you're if you do that, you've missed the whole purpose of Louisiana. Uh, find local food. Um, there's so much of it around the area. Um, and we, we did that. I mean, even though we're visiting, we we made a list of all the things we wanted to eat while we were down there. And one of them that ended up being on both of our lists uh, was 
this place called Elsie's Plate and Pie. And I'll let Chanel jump in here to give a little description of that. So this is Elsie's Plate and Pie. It's probably my favorite new-ish restaurant in Baton Rouge. Um, there's always new restaurants popping up, always new eateries, both small and, and, and large. Uh, but this one opened up probably shortly before we moved to New York. So sometime back in 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. And uh, I didn't get to eat before eat there before we moved, but I have since visited twice when we've returned to visit family. And it just doesn't disappoint. Um, and from everybody I've talked to, down there that eats there as well. They just love it. So Elsie's Plate and Pie, it's, um, it is what it says. It's, it's, a, it's a restaurant that specializes in both savory and sweet pies. So uh, parts of Louisiana are famous for their savory pies, like Natchitoches is famous for their meat pies. Um, so Elsie's, does various pies. One is a seafood pie. One is a poulet pie, which is a take on a chicken pot pie, kind of the Cajun variety of a chicken pot pie. And then various um, sweet pies, which they um, they change out every so often. But uh, the times that I've eaten here, it never disappoints. It is so phenomenal. Um, Caleb can attest to that. Um, it's probably my number one go-to spot now when we go to Baton Rouge. For sure. Um, we, we also, uh, made sure to check out a few places that, um, maybe don't have necessarily the local flair as far as Cajun influence or just Southern influence. Um, but, uh, these are a couple hot stops for us that we, we always have to go to. Um, that's Mary Lee Donuts. Uh, we prefer, uh, the location on Jefferson Highway in Baton Rouge, uh, just cause it used to be close to where we lived. Um, but you always got to get some Mary Lee donuts. They're different than the donuts that they have up here in the North. Uh, Chanel is not a huge fan of the, the donuts in the North. Um, these are, are delicious melt in your mouth, um, type donuts, glazed donuts. I, I like them with a chocolate glaze. So, um, now I want donuts. Um, but we also make sure to get Raisin Cane's every time we go down there. That's a fast food place. Um, that specializes in chicken fingers. Can and I just say only something about fingers. Mary Lee real quick? I feel like I just need to say something. So, right. So I get on this big kick about northern versus southern donuts. Northern donuts are great. People who live in the north, they love their donuts up here. It's probably whatever you grew up with is probably what you gravitate towards. But in the south, our donuts are, are much more light and airy and big and fluffy. And if you've ever had uh, Krispy Kreme donuts, you're sort of hitting in that that territory but it's not, and I love Krispy Kreme. A fresh Krispy Kreme is nothing to sneeze at. But um, whenever you have a Mary Lee donut or one that's like that, because there are different places, but Mary Lee is just one of those places that you can find around the city. They're just big. They're fluffy. They melt in your mouth. Um, the glaze around them is so just light. Um, it's just, it's the perfect thing. It's easy to eat like five or six of them because they're just air and they just melt. So, uh, they're so tasty. I had to say, I had to just break in and say that, like, just to let you know, it, there's a difference between Dunkin' Donuts and Mary Lee. There's a massive difference. There's even a difference between like Krispy Kreme and Mary Lee. Who would sneeze at a donut? <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't understand that phrase. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a quick break and, uh, we'll come back with a special segment from a very special guest. One Miss Olive Berg. 
We have a special guest who's going to sit with us here for a moment as part of this segment. And she has a little message that she wants to share with everybody listening. Merry Christmas vacation, Cole. That is Olive. She's the one that you hear occasionally making noise in the background. Uh, but she's joining us for a segment here on this episode. And I'm going to ask her, what was her favorite part of our trip to Louisiana? Everything! Everything? What was what was the the highlight for you? What was the biggest and funnest thing that you did? Mima and Papa and the cousins. Seeing family? Yes. And did you eat lots of yummy food? Yeah! What's your favorite food uh, that reminds you of Louisiana? Ice cream. Ice cream? I thought that it was from a place called Popeye's. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> what is it? Red beans. I love red beans. She loves red beans. All right, well, thank you, Olive, for joining us oh, for this segment. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Oh, right. We're back. That was Olive with uh, her, ta- her take on some of her favorite things. Uh, she's an interesting person to interview, but she was desperate to get on this episode. Um, she, she wishes she had her own podcast. And um, so one of, the, one of these days, the world might be ready to hear from her. Um, real quick, I wanted to share just my favorites um, as far as, you know, we, we shared about Elsie's plate and pie. We shared about Mary Lee Donuts and Raising Cane's. Um, but as well, like, you know, when you're down in Louisiana, <clears throat> excuse me, on the, on the topic of food, you want to check out any place that's local, any place where you can get, uh, home cooking. If if you don't have the ability to get it from, uh, you know, family down there, um, get, get some home cooking from a local restaurant, at least, um, not something that's a big chain, um, as well, you know. Gulf Coast seafood, uh, jambalaya, gumbo, fried catfish, all those things. That, that's what you want to find. Some good po'boys, something like that. Um, check, check out those type of things for some good local flair. Uh, but for me, um, this trip especially, um, I, I guess, was more about family and friends. So we didn't really do a lot of sites and, and getting around to that stuff. So for me, the main thing I did as far as, like, getting out and, and, and you know, hitting my top five list really revolved around food. So it was Elsie's Raising Cane's. I did manage to get some pasta laya while I was down there. And that's just jambalaya, but with, with pasta. Um, now I will say most people, if you, if, if you've had an interaction with pasta laya at like a restaurant that's not in Louisiana, um, you, you haven't truly had pasta laya. You've had someone's idea of what they assume is, Louisiana cooking, and it's probably wrong. So, if you hear anybody say that they want their pastalaya or their jambalaya saucy, uh, change the channel because they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and that's an inside joke. Only Chanel and I get that one because we're experts. Um, but Chanel, why don't you share some of your favorites, and then if you wanted to cover uh, some of Olive's, because I know um, our listeners are probably wondering what all she said. <laughs> Okay, so so my favorites um, while I'm in Baton Rouge, some of my favorites, um, 
already mentioned this a little bit, but I love, I'm a walker. I love to go on walks. I love to run when I can. And if I can find an interesting neighborhood or a lake or something like that to go around, then I will. So one thing when I have time, when I'm able to, uh, when I'm in Baton Rouge, I love to walk around, run around the garden district, love to go to the LSU lakes. Um, Those are just some of my favorite places for beautiful architecture. You can really see um, some things um, that are unique to the area. I love when I travel to just see what the houses look like. I love to see what historic homes look like so I can see historically what um, what people were doing in, in that particular area. Every place has its own unique style of homes and architecture through 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 history, through, uh, through the centuries. So I love to see examples and samples of that wherever I go. So great places for that are Garden District, LSU Lakes, um, and there's so many other amazing um, neighborhoods uh, in mid-city. If you go to places like Ogden Park, if you go to, uh, I don't know, Beauregard Town, I'm just trying to think of some interesting, maybe even eclectic or different feeling kind of um, uh, <clears throat> Neighborhoods, Capitol Heights, there's lots of other places. Uh, Seven Oaks, that's another place um, that I love to go to. Um, So those are just outdoor places to get outside and walk around. One of my favorite shops to hit when I'm in Baton Rouge, especially around the holidays, is Victoria's Toy Station on Government Street. Government Street is actually a great place for shopping and eclectic finds and just unique things. Um, It's sort of turning into one of the districts, one of the areas where just artists and artisans and people like that are um, putting their stuff together in a place where just everything just sort of melds into a fun place. They do lots of art walks when the weather's pleasant and fun things like that. But Victoria Toy Station on Government Street has been a Baton Rouge staple for a long time. I love um, I love that when you walk in, it's this old Victorian home that was 30 years plus ago, uh, converted into a toy store. And just every nook and cranny is filled with exciting and unique toys. My mom would go there and shop for me at Christmas time and find unique stocking stuffers and unique presents. And so when I'm there, I love to shop and get a few little things for Olive there. And I like to take her there when I can because it's just it's just a magical toy store um, that really feels like there's a surprise around every corner and in every nook and cranny. So that's um, my my tops, top favorite places to go. Um, and Olive, her top places, like she mentioned before, are Popeyes. And yes, you can get that in most any place or maybe a lot of places they're cropping up. We can even get Popeyes up here in Western New York. Um, but there's just something about having it in Louisiana, having it in the state where it originated. Um, I still say that their biscuits ain't what they used to be, uh, but they're still good. And nothing beats their red beans and rice. I'm, I'm just sorry. I just it's they're the best. Um, so Popeye's, um, Olive also loves La Madeline. I do too. Um, you can only really find La Madeline's typically in the South. There's tons of them in Texas. Um, but they're sort of like a French, um, French, it's not a fast food restaurant. What would you classify that as Caleb? A bistro, sort of like a bistro, um, sort of cafeteria style almost. Um, but just great, um, finds everybody I mean La Madeline's like a Baton Rouge staple and Olive loves it because she loves tomato soup as well as I do and she we call it Remy's 
tomato soup because it looks like the soup that Remy makes in Ratatouille whenever uh, whenever the plongeur, um, what's his name? Whenever he messes up the soup and Remy has to fix it. Linguini? Linguini. is a linguini soup. It looks like that. Um, so she loves eating tomato soup there and because we call it Remy soup. She also loves the Baton Rouge Zoo. The Baton Rouge Zoo is quaint. Um, and if you're used to larger, more zoos with exotic animals, like, I don't know, the Detroit Zoo or the San Diego Zoo, the Baton Rouge Zoo is going to seem kind of kind of small and probably a little bit sad compared to those but as far as a as a middle of the road zoo goes i think it's pretty good they got a good children's section a good petting zoo area um it's it's well if you grew up in baton rouge you know it's a baton rouge staple um especially the zoo lights around christmas time yeah so from there uh as we mentioned this episode is really about ultimately our trip down there so we've talked a lot about food talked a little bit about the things that we've done. Um, So you get kind of a a feel for Baton Rouge. Now, this trip, like I said, was a whirlwind trip for us. We've got lots of friends, lots of family down there. So it's kind of like you spend a couple nights with with my family, a couple nights with Chanel's family, move around. You know, we're we're spending a couple nights with our good friends Lane and Chella. We're spent. You know, we're we're just hopping around from place to place to place. So we had about. I don't know, nine or ten days in Baton Rouge, and that was a whirlwind. I, I don't honestly remember a whole lot because it was just zoom from one place to the other. But any time you travel to see family, uh, the most important thing is having that chance to hang out with uh, loved ones and, and trying not to necessarily focus on, on the sites and, and making sure you do all that. You know, that can be fun and important, but make sure you, you know, block out time to actually spend with family and friends. It's super important. That's the purpose of your trip. Every every travel, every plan um, ultimately has to have a purpose. You know, if, if you're going to Disney World, the purpose is to go to the parks, to have fun, to see Mickey, all that stuff. If you go to Paris, maybe your your purpose is to see the Eiffel Tower. If you go on a trip to see, you know, family, uh, don't spend all your time you know, trying to get to the mall or baseball games or, you know, all sorts of other things. Make sure you're spending some time with family. Now, you can spend time with family at things, and so, you know, that can work too. Uh, but make sure that you're you're prioritizing there. Um, after our portion in Baton Rouge, we went on to the thriving metropolis of Naples, Texas, which is in the eastern portion of Texas uh, near the Texarkana area. Um, I think the population is somewhere around 500 um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a very small spot. It's a blink if, and you'll miss it. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law live out in that area. And so we went out there. We had a wonderful time, um, about three or four days there. Um, Olive adores her cousins, talks about her cousins all the time. And so she had a blast uh, chasing chickens and, and kitties and um, playing whatever it was that they played. Uh, all throughout those days, and and it was a lot of fun. Uh, We also did a little detour to Dallas, which is about two hours away, Dallas area, to see my grandmother and my cousins. Uh, My grandmother just turned 92, and so it was a lot of fun to go see her um, and spend some time with the family there. And then we went from there to Fort Worth, and I'll let Chanel pick it up here and talk about Fort Worth. 
So, right, really, uh, Fort Worth, I haven't been prior to last month when we took this trip. I haven't been to Fort Worth um, in a very long time. Like, I'm thinking the last time I was there, I was eight or nine years old. So, um, and again, because this trip, the high, the the main purpose of this trip was to visit and see family, we didn't get to spend any time really in Fort Worth. We didn't get to see the stockyards or downtown or anything like that, which, you know, I would love to get down there and have time to see that again. Of course, we're down there during COVID as well, and it's just tricky to navigate. We probably could have drove around. We probably could have got out and walked around and saw a little bit. But again, uh, like Caleb said, we really prioritize spending some time with our family. So we just didn't, that's something that we did not get to do. But if you get to go to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and spend some time in Fort Worth, Um, it's a pretty cool, um, area with a unique flavor. And if you have any Fort Worth tips, hit us up and let us know. And next time I get to go to Fort Worth, uh, maybe I'll get to try some things out. But, um, so this sort of, um, ends our whirlwind episode of our whirlwind trip of Baton Rouge and East Texas. Um, like we said, in Texas, we did a lot of spending time with family, just relaxing, playing board games. Well, I don't know if Kayla remembers, we played a super fun game with my brother and sister-in-law. Um, we might have to look that up and put it in the show notes, but it was incredibly fun. Um, we did lots of stuff like that. Like Caleb said, the kids chase chickens, which is something that we don't do up here. Even though we're in the country in Western New York, we live in an apartment and we don't chase chickens. So Olive had a blast with that. So, um, well, I'll close out this episode with two things. First thing I want to say, backing up to Baton Rouge real quick, one other favorite that Olive and I had, Caleb didn't get to experience it. He was um, doing some recording with Lane. But Olive and I uh, took a little trip to downtown, the downtown area in Baton Rouge where the old state capital is located, which is a really cool um, destination if you get to see that. It looks like an old castle. It's super cool. Um, and it's got some really neat things inside as well. Um, but right next to the old state capitol is the newly rebuilt, they tore down the old one and built an entirely new uh, library there. It's a beautiful four-story building overlooking the river, overlooking the Mississippi River Bridge. And um, Olive and I got to go tour it because Olive's Aunt Chella is the children's library in there. And it is absolutely beautiful. I would even say if you're visiting downtown, you should really check out the library because they've done some amazing things there. You get some fabulous free views of the river. And uh, it's just a really great place to see a beautiful modern library. In fact, everywhere we go, uh, oftentimes I check out libraries when I go there. We'll have to, I'll have to do a segment on libraries when I travel. Um, so anyway, that's something I wanted to throw in. Finally, our, our last traveling with family tip is, um, it's just attitude is everything. Attitude makes or break, makes or breaks it. Um, did I say that right? Can make or break it. There we go. Be flexible. Um, did somebody else make the itinerary, make the plans? Oftentimes, if you've got uh, a large family traveling together or different families converging together, you've got one person who's headed up everything, who's made the plans. And sometimes it's just easiest to take a back seat and say, you know what? We're going to roll with the punches. We're going to be flexible. We're going to do what the group leader has said. Um, because sometimes we 
when you get too many chefs in the kitchen, it can just make things uh, more difficult when you've got too many opinions going. Sometimes it's just easier to ride in the back seat, so to speak, and go with the flow and go with the plans that somebody else has made. So um, that's that's actually a great travel tip in general. Sometimes it's just good to roll with the punches, be flexible. Remember, what's your priority? If it's a family trip, it's probably spending quality time and making lasting memories. So I would say that's our closing tip is just being flexible. Yeah, so that pretty much sums up our trip um, as well. In it, I hope you found some helpful tips as far as doing a family trip. Um, you know, in, in another episode, we'll probably talk about flying with kids um, as that is always kind of a... Uh, you know, uh, an issue in its in an, its own right. Um, as well, travel in the age of coronavirus is not easy, but again, that really warrants its own episode. Uh, but just in general, these have been at least some of the ways that we've managed traveling for the purpose of seeing family and friends. Hope it was helpful. As always, our, our podcast is sponsored by ourselves, that vacation co um it's it's how we fund the podcast it's it's all through um our travel agency so if you're looking for a way to support the channel uh to support what we're doing the easiest ways to consider booking your next trip with us our services are free uh it's it there's no additional cost to what what you're doing if you were to try to book all of this stuff on your own and incur the headache and long hours of trying to piece it all together you'd pay the exact same rate as you would if you had professionals doing the work for you and as well uh, we bring to the table our 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 studies in this and and our abilities um, to find deals and all that good stuff um, as well our newfound knowledge of how to cancel trips should coronavirus get in the way uh we've we've managed those those waters we've navigated those waters a little bit already so we would love to help you and uh call us for a no obligation quote on any type of travel we would love to help and from us to you we want to give you a big merry christmas happy holidays happy new year whenever you're listening to this episode uh we can't wait to see uh what 2021 looks like and hopefully during that time, we'll all be able to get back to the things that we love, get back to traveling more. I know we're ready for that ourselves. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. <laughs>